this week and half of this month, we are talking about water. And we're starting off by celebrating Scorpio season. Yay, Scorpios! Let's hear it for the Scorpios. Uh, yeah, let's give the bug a chance. Don't sting you. <laughs> unless you're asking for Wait, it. Wait, will it? But it's in their nature. Some of the most unpopular signs are water signs, as you have pointed out to me, which blows my mind because that hasn't been my experience at all. In this episode, if you are a water sign, if you have water signs in your chart, if you have friends or lovers that are water signs and you've noticed they get a bad rap, stay tuned, my friend. We are going to debunk Scorpios and other water signs and why they get pooped on by everyone else. Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. So when is Scorpio season? Scorpio season goes from mid-October to mid-November. It's around the 21st, 20th, 21st, just depends every year. So we're just here, Scorpio season, in the middle of it. And it's awesome. I love Scorpios. Are Scorpios a sign you tend to get along with, Jim? I do get along with Scorpios. I think that uh, Scorpios are misunderstood and definitely often mischaracterized. So, yeah. And many of them have rebelled by being like, F you, I'm just going to be this way because you all <laughs> don't get it. Let's start with the element. Like, what is a Scorpio? A Scorpio is a water sign. Mm -hmm. So there are three water signs in the Zodiac. Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. Of those three water signs, one is cardinal, one is mutable, and one is fixed. We're just going to talk about Scorpios, the fixed water sign. So fixed is this idea that the water element is more still, that it's deeper, it's still waters run deep type of idea. What is water? When we talk about water as a metaphysical identity, it does not mean the water that you drink. That's the metaphor. It ends up being that the water is metaphorical of what this means. Water is emotion. Think about our society. What's not safe or not okay or seen as vulnerable or weak in our society is to be emotional and to go deep into emotions and to go deep into thinking deep into exploring the underbelly and the shadows and all those things scorpios are often people that are more comfortable doing that doesn't that freak everyone else out yeah i think that is their comfortable space like you said this is not a person who enjoys shallow conversation not everyone obviously but this is a of typical course. thing when we reference the tarot ladies resources on how does fixed water show up? What are some of the positive traits that show up as the application? When we see fixed water show up in people. Intense, deep, mysterious, psychic. One that I agree with, which is sexy as hell. Strong, magnetic, emotional, seeks purpose, penetrating mind and shrewd. Yeah, when still waters run deep, these are the types of qualities that Scorpios can bring forward. Mm -hmm. And of course, overuse of those skills. If I overuse my fixed water, 
what can those intense, deep, mysterious, psychic qualities, those can look like what? Maybe yeah. a little maybe a little yes some schemy controlling qualities perhaps the emotional becomes moody a hidden agenda resentful obsessive quality a bit power hungry one that i love is deviant oh but yeah. i don't think that's i don't think that's a negative quality i think we should move that from the quote-unquote overuse of a skill and let's move that up to the positive because i think if you are a scorpio you are deviant and I think that's kick-ass. It's funny you say that because I also thought scheming is adjacent to planning. So that's not like really the worst quality to have. It just I depends know. on how you use it. And I guess maybe all, that's really all of these. <laughs> yeah, all my Scorpios and all of us Vir people with Virgo in our chart, can we scheme and plan together? Because I think that would be pretty kick-ass. Yes, exactly. Some of my yeah. best scheming buddies have been Scorpios. Have been Scorpios. <laughs> Oh, we're all in danger. Get a Scorpio and a Virgo to plan and scheme together. You'll never the see world it coming. It's not safe. Yeah, you never <laughs> see it coming. <laughs> so I think that we really have a lot of beauty in Scorpios. And it is one of my favorite signs. I think that it is very unfair of us to mischaracterize or see Scorpios as anything other than one of like all 12 signs. Fabulous really amazing. We need Scorpios in the world. And also loyal, really loyal. I have known a lot of Scorpios, like a lot of my friends, and I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but they're always there. Like never give up. Even if we didn't talk for two years and I was like, oh, need a thing. It would be no problem. So that's a quality of fixed signs. Often, if you oh. find fixed earth, fixed fire and fixed water, they tend to be very loyal. I've noticed that. Oh, I didn't realize mm -hmm. that. Fixed aspect goes deep. Do you think certain signs get along better with each other than others? Or it, it's so like surface level at that point to just look at a sun sign? We're really only looking at the sun sign and is such a tiny part of your astrology chart. Sure. I mean, we can thank Linda Goodman and her sun signs for popularizing sun sign astrology. We can also lament Linda Goodman <laughs> and her sun signs for having everyone think that your sun sign is the end all be all um, yeah. because there is so much more to you than just your sun sign. What is your ascendant? Where's your moon? Mm. What are the transits that are hitting you right now? All of those things are influencing both what's happening to you now, but also what is your astrological identity and how does that show up? in your astral weather that follows you around. So understanding your chart and having your chart read by a capable and competent astrologer is important to understand these things. You're not just your sun sign. So I'm an Aries with a Virgo rising and a Taurus moon. I have a lot more earth in my chart. Mm. And so those things make me more than an Aries. People are surprised that I'm an Aries when they see my planning board and when they see yeah. a lot of the things where I'm very grounded and they're like, gosh, you're so grounded for an Aries. And I mm. say, yeah, I have a Virgo rising and a Taurus moon. And they're like, what? <laughs> really? I'm not well, just a wild leaping forward Aries. I can use my Aries sun for many different purposes. That's the idea. We have free will. I don't have to be a warrior just because I have an Aries sun. It's mm. 
2022, I don't have to be in the army as right. a warrior. You're not I on mean, horseback going to do the thing. Exactly. <laughs> so the idea is we have a lot of a lot more freedom and ability to utilize our astrological or metaphysical identity in mm. different ways. Great reflection. You did some research. Who are some famous Scorpios out there in the world? RuPaul, obviously Wait, one of my favorite Scorpios or Scorpico, Ru as he always says. Paul's a Scorpio. That's so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I never would have clocked him as a Scorpio. Huh. Okay, who else? Pablo Picasso, Marie Antoinette, celebrity knitter, Julia Roberts. Wait, oh. she knits? Yes. Another there was thing a I whole thing on the Sunday morning show I saw a couple of weeks ago. It was advertised as a whole thing about her knitting. And then they only talked about it for about 30 seconds at the end. So, you know, that'll tell you how popular knitting is. But Julia Roberts, very popular. So there you go. That's amazing. <laughs> Side note, we need to do an episode on celebrity knitters. Oh, yeah. If Just anybody like knows celebrity knitters... Email them to us now, knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll start compiling a list and we'll do some analyze. So the idea that I finally yeah. had where it was like knitters and then you tell me what the hands are and we see finally. if that means anything like two years oh later. <laughs> Total side note. Okay. I'm excited when we come back to find out more. I am going to talk about water hands. So we talked a little bit about the astrology because it's Scorpio. What does that mean in our body when we have hands that are in the water shape? I don't know a ton about this, but I'm always enthused to know, like, how does the element of water or whatever your hand is reflect in that person's life? So how might a person with a water-shaped hand like to craft or what kind of crafts Ooh. might they do? We'll reflect yeah. on all that and more in our second half. Stay with us. Hey, Nidispel fans, join our Patreon for just $13 a month to gain access to extended episode comments, episode outtakes, behind the scenes and bonus content, magical making tips, monthly polls to influence future topics and guests, and interact with your fellow patrons. Plus, you'll be supporting one of your favorite podcasts. Join today to gain access to our entire post history. Visit patreon.com forward slash light from lantern to learn more and sign up. Jim and I look forward to seeing you there. Your hands are the map to achieving anything you want in life. But it's hard to read that map in just one reading. My coaching packages allow me to work with you over time to build towards your goals. We bring in life coaching, executive coaching, leadership coaching. We bring in tarot, palmistry, a little bit of astrology, all the mystical and the practical together and these amazing coaching pathways that my clients are on already really help propel people towards their goals. Learn more about Jim's new coaching packages by sending him an email at jim at thedivinehand.com to schedule a free discovery call or visit thedivinehand.com to learn more. All right, Jim, we're back. And I'm curious to know, what are water hands according to the divine hand method? So people have different shape of hands and you notice that there are people with like square palms and short fingers, very strong. Those are earth hands. And the opposite mm -hmm. of that, long, narrow palms and long, willowy fingers, those are the water hand. 
The hands that are in between have other names, fire hands and air hands. And those are hard to tell apart for people who haven't seen a lot of hands. But the earth hand and water hand are easy for people to identify. This is similar to another type of identity or metaphysical identity in your body when you have a water hand. And again, like your astrological sign or identity, a water hand also indicates an emotional aspect to you. It means that you have a lot of empathy, that you have a lot of empathic abilities, that you have a orientation towards the emotional and mm-hmm. emotional sensitivity in the world. Again, society sometimes is not kind to people with a watery identity, including if you have water hands. Society can be really rough because our society discounts or doesn't validate that emotions are real or that emotions are valid or that people mm-hmm. have emotions and you just need to get over it. Buck up buttercup is a right. big thing that people say in our world. So water-handed people, I when I see them, I say, you're the type of person that can walk by someone's desk and pick up on their bad mood and then wonder, why am I suddenly in a bad mood? Yeah, it's not you. It's the people around you or someone that was around you. So they can be very susceptible to those types of things because they can be highly empathic. Water hands can also learn to shut that down and just be completely without feeling and just the facts and be super non-emotional because the emotions are just too much. So I've seen that happen as well. I guess water hands are probably just as prevalent as every other type of hand. You have seen a lot of hands. Have you noticed that there are a lot of one type versus another? There are more fire hands than there are other types of hands. So water Hmm. hands are the least common type of hands in people. So they're not equally distributed. Interesting. I think it is interesting. We'll have to have Um, a whole nother episode on this. (laughs) I I have so many questions now. Other palm readers have different opinions. I know that one other palm reader is like, what? But I have found a lot of people have fire hands. And Hmm. I just think that it's something about the human desire to grow and change and learn. And I I think fire is about transformation. So I think that we need water hands and such a rare and important aspect. I think that people can be empaths without having a water sign or without having water hands, but it's just a natural trait when people have water hands. It's really an intimate and amazing experience to read someone's palm and to see the insights that are there with the Mm. elements that are represented. And it's not just water, it can be mixed with other signs. So someone can have a water and fire hand, that's a Mm, steam hand. They can have a water and air hand, that's a a mist hand. They can have a water and earth hand, that's a clay hand. So those hands can also show up and often do. It's often not just a water hand, it's a steam, (laughs) mist, or clay hand. Those are really cool when someone brings more of the combo elements together. So a steam hand is transformation of emotions. That's the fire plus water. A clay hand is taking emotions and making it tangible. And a hand is the bridge between two opposites, the logical and rational, the Mm -hmm. without emotion and the deep emotion. So these are people who can make meaning out of seemingly meaningless data or ideas or logic. That was the mist hand? Yeah. 
the yeah, mist. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's wild. So if people are curious, like, what is the shape of one of these hands? What are some celebrities that we can point them to as fairly good examples? Since they're not easy to find, guess what? We weren't able to find a lot of them that were like super watery hands. Though <laughs> very interestingly and yes. strangely, maybe not so strange, who were the famous Scorpios? Let's talk about them. RuPaul, yes. also Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, RuPaul has water hands. I think it's a combo with water and probably fire, mm. steamy hands, which is very Scorpio. That's interesting because Julia Roberts was the same situation. Julia Roberts also definitely mm. fiery hands and water in there. But there's some people that are not Scorpios that have water hands. Heidi Klum, she's a Gemini. She has water hands, those long, slender hands. You have Michael Jordan. He's an Aquarius mm. basketball player. And I think he has water hands with some other element. I think it's probably air. He has <laughs> mist hands. You mean air like Air Jordan? Holy moly. There, I know. It's no not funny. There. Yeah. But <laughs> his funny. idea, his ability to plan, to execute, to be very logical and rational, but also be in his feelings, be in his emotions and gut feeling around mm -hmm. what he's doing. So I think that makes a lot of sense for him. And you look at his long hands and mm -hmm. the the relationship between the length and the width of the hands. And I think that's a mist hand, but it has the water in there and he has an Aquarius. So I think it's interesting that it's air and water together. Tyra Banks has water hands and she's a Sagittarius. And back to another Scorpio we didn't talk that's about. Right. The hilarious Ryan Reynolds a guy with water hands and Scorpio. Yes. So I think he's got water and air. I think he's got mist hands. To be a comedian, you have got to be pretty rational and logical, pretty intelligent, but uh, he's yeah. a Scorpio. I did hear he considers himself like a constant entrepreneur. So he's just always looking to do those little things, get emotionally invested in growing that sort of idea. So that makes a lot of sense. Now that people know at least a starting off point to have some hand analysis, there might be a better way for them to figure out if they have more questions about their own hands. I think you do like palm readings or something. Oh. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can always get a palm reading from me and then you'll know for sure what kind of hand you have. And that's always fun. Yes. Thank you. Very common question people have is Does my astrology sign match? my hand shape. So we are getting into that by being fascinated with the astrology and the hand. These do not always correlate. I have a perspective on this. Okay. Yes, please dish. Your astrology is like the weather system. It is a markation of the moment your ego is separated from the person that birthed you and you mm. create your ego. And that's a marking of time which is important because it's a very important celestial moment of the of ego formation. And so that moment is marked by where the stars and planets are. That's a celestial reading of a moment in time. And that's one type of reading. Another type of reading is the energies that are happening with a situation, with yourself and the world at a particular time. And we can understand those energies with a tarot card spread or charms put down on a cloth or runes or something like that. When it comes to another way of understanding your metaphysical identity, this is an area called somatomancy, 
which soma means the body and mansi means to understand or knowledge. Mm -hmm. And somatomancy includes things like reading lip prints or your iris or palmistry. So this is a way of reading your body, your expressed metaphysical identity in your body. And you are influenced by your astrological weather system that follows you around, just like you'd be influenced by the weather when you walk outside and it's raining or you walk Mm -hmm. outside and it's sunny, that'll influence you on whether you're going to put on a jacket or wear a tank top. Your astral weather will influence you, but how you actually reach out and interact with the world is really influenced by your body and by your metaphysical identity that shows up in your hands or in your lips or in your irises or other ways that people read your body. So this is a cool, interesting way to think about why a palm reading is relevant and also why your body really has a lot of really great metaphysical information about you. I'm very curious about the iris one. I guess it's like anything. You can figure out a method to look at anything, but it is so unique that it's part of your person, like you said. If you ever get an iris reading, what you get with it often, if the people do it right, is a beautiful portrait of your irises. And when your irises are photographed correctly, it's like a piece of artwork because your eyes are so Mm. beautiful. It's like a painting. Yeah. And the person who can read it, different people will read different things. Some people can read past life information. Some people can read all kinds of stuff just in your iris. If you can find a very reputable iridologist who can read your iris and do erotomancy, I think that's what it's called, and read your iris from a metaphysical perspective. Oh my gosh, so cool. If you're a person listening who does this, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Knittispellpodcast at gmail.com. What kind of power does it give you just to be able to look at your hands and know these things about you? Like we said, is there a correlation between your signs and your hands? And I think you're coming to, they work together. They're not related necessarily, but I am curious, Jim, what is your hand shape and your astrology? Oh, geez. <laughs> are you I, prepared to do that right now? <laughs> yeah. People have said I have magician hands, which is they can't figure out what kind of hand I have. Oh, or that I have all hands? four. I have the four elements in balance. Oh, I wow. can't really read my own hand because I'm always like, it's biased. It's hard for me to tell. So Mm. I've let other people read my hands and I've yet to get a straight answer on what element my hands are. So I think it's one of those. And there's, I've met a few people where I've met other magician handed people where the four elements are so imbalanced in the shape that you have to just say it's a magician hand. It's a very frustrating hand. You make up your own term. I feel like that's an opportunity for this. You have to do all the work all the time. Oh, it's the do it all hand. (laughs) Yeah, it would be nice just to be an earth hand and be like, okay, I break the rocks. That'd be nice. I'll offer my own feedback on this. You have told me that I have the clay hand, so water and earth, and I am a Virgo sun and moon with a cancer rising. So that that is at least one instance where it tracks. Do you feel like you bring a lot of emotion and then ground it into physical reality? Yes. I think I annoy some people occasionally with how... Well, Logical, you do that. My- just making it tangible. Exactly. I want to know what are some good crafts that incorporate emotions and the metaphysical aspect 
of water. Well, of course, the first thing I thought of was like, ooh, maybe like a hand dyeing thing. Get your hands involved in wet vats of dye and kind of express your artistic side through dyeing some yarn that you can then use for other purposes. Yeah, dyeing the yarn red. Ooh. Like the blood harvest that is coming. Yeah. Ooh, or do you think Scorpios are good mixologists? I hope so. They know how to make the tonics and the potions and the cocktails. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Boo, brew. I think cooking is something mm. that can be deeply meaningful, putting that emotion into cooking and yeah. especially over time. I think that could be a wonderful craft for the emotional sort of mm. you know, aspect. I love the idea of painting, especially watercolor painting oh. that does incorporate the physical aspect of water, but that also symbolizes tears or symbolizes the waters of your body or mm. like the emotions that come out of you. And that can then bring forth an emotion in a painting, in a piece Something that can evoke an emotion is really powerful at this time. Basket weaving, that has a lot of water and it's like bending of a boundaries around your mm -hmm. will baskets are sometimes used for funerary purposes and mm. that's a very memorable and when i think about framing you can frame images and pictures of your beloved dead and that's something that is really powerful at this time oh and why not lean into psychic energy by doing like some scrying or cloudomancy or even like working with fog energy just like your hands it doesn't have to be just water it could be frozen it could be steam it could be could mist be the, that's for sure scrying when you look into a crystal ball you could imagine that is a perfect sphere of water you mm. can actually scry on water with the moon reflecting in it or we have this amazing Jupiter retrograde that's visible in the night sky. Ooh. If you can catch those in the reflection of the water and just see what images show up in your bowl of water, that can be very powerful for imagining and relaxing your vision and scrying into the mist. Fun. I want to know if you, dear listener, have ideas on crafts or witchcrafts that you like to do at this time of year. What are they? Drop us a line. You can DM us on Instagram at knitaspell. You can email us at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Patreon. We will definitely pay attention to your suggestions there as well. Yes, we have lots of fun active polls. We're going to start doing some fun contests for monthly giveaways. So make sure you join Jim and I over there. We'd love to have you. I look forward to next week's episode where we interview author of Water Magic, Lilith Dorsey. Woo! -hoo. I'm so excited for Lilith Dorsey. She is such an amazing human. Don't miss next week's episode. It's going to be awesome. And her book, Water Magic. You're going to love it. We may even have some fun information about how you could win a copy for yourself. So tune in to find out more next week. I'll see you then, Jim. Okay. See you then. Thanks for, Thanks listening. for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify, or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light from Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at Divine Hand Jim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter. 
at lightfromlantern.com. You'll receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you you next next week. week.